you're not listening to Pubcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Pubcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Welcome to the Tommy Boy episode of the Pubcast. Allison, Rob, and Ed join me to break down this 1990s classic starring Chris Farley and David Spade. This movie holds a special place for us as we all went to Marquette University, as did Chris Farley. And the character of Tommy Callahan even graduates from Marquette in the beginning of the movie. This movie, like a lot of the SNL movies, runs high on the jokes per minute scale. Uh, This is arguably the funniest of all the SNL movies. Uh, It's extremely quotable and rewatchable and really feels like a timeless comedy. So quit playing with your dinghy and check out our breakdown of Tommy Boy. Nikes. Is that for me? No, son, that's for me. Yeah! <laughs> you know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. This always has been, always will be a family firm. Oh, son of a... Someday my son will run it. I am your father. Oh, I've interrupted happy time. That's my name. Yeah, that's your new office now. Whoa. Do we really want to put the future of the company in Tommy's hands? Promise me you'll look after Tommy boy here till he gets his feet wet. Sure, and thanks for choosing me. Tommy, this is not a vacation for me. I'm out here against my will, so the least you can do is pretend to work. Ugh, I can actually hear you getting fatter. All right, it's sale time, so remember, we don't take no for an answer. No. Okie dokie. I'm gonna pass. Gotcha, thanks. Oh, son of a... That's gonna leave a mark. Okay, let's check you out. All right. (laughs) It's a clip, huh? Hi, are you sure? He's a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? No, son of a... What'd you do? paint chips when you were a kid? (laughs) Why? All right. Tommy Boy, 1995. (laughs) I'm already laughing. The no-nonsense plot. Are you interrupting me before I say the no-nonsense plot? No, I'm not saying anything. Rob the show killer? (laughs) For fuck's sake. Please proceed. Please proceed. After his auto parts tycoon father dies, the overweight, underachieving son teams up with a snide accountant to try and save the family business. <laughs> that's a good one. That's that is a. That's I don't think that's no nonsense. I think that thing communicated yeah. a that a thing great tragedy right there. That's it's got color. It's it's offensive a little bit. It's good. I I didn't know how it was going to end. I mean, it was you know. <laughs> All right. 
overall reaction to the movie, oh where and when you saw it, the impact, your, uh, what you like about it, don't like about it, overarching themes, that sort of thing. We were all at Marquette. I mean... How many of us saw it together? Did we see this together? I distinctly remember piling into someone's car yeah. and going to see it. I feel like we were in like Setna's Fiero or something Setna like that. Setna or did somebody else have a car? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Sherry Butler might have. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, always recording. <laughs> yeah, I you, you know I know it was out. Uh, so it was, this was ninety five, right? So uh, right about that time for some March, yeah. Some of us more with graduating. My... Others of us yeah. needed another year. <laughs> we were yes. Regardless, we were coming up to finals week, right? And it was yes. I, I just, I somehow associated with like one of my first jobs, like, so post-school, I don't know why, but, uh, I was thinking was, the same thing, Rob. It was like more like in, in March of 95, like it wasn't really released. It wasn't really out there or certainly in video it was always like released a year later. So, uh, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I don't oh, remember it being a college thing, but well, I mean, yeah, it, it, that may have been the case, but we, de- uh, Allison and I definitely saw it in the theater yeah. in March. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a creeper movie though, in the sense that it, it, it built on me, you know, between 1995 and 2000, it wasn't so much of a, like, you know, Oh my gosh, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, I don't know know that I would agree with that. I think it was kind of funny out of the gate. It became like, it was fairly quotable right away, but it became a part of the, the fabric of you know our lives and kind of quote yeah. over oh no I, I, yeah but. i mean 100 i mean you talk about impact impact they're like top it's like a top three movie that i quote there's yes. like this yes. swingers and i don't know probably ace ventura and like tom and this tommy boy like definitely trumps the, the other two but uh well so like, like Timeline of my, my, I remember watching it. I think in the Chime House with Allison, Brendan, and Polly. Like, oh, I'm sure. Feels, definitely, we like, owned it. Right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's that's the first consciousness that I remember. I don't remember seeing it in the movie theater. I think I remember seeing it in the Chime House in Milwaukee, like '96 or later, oh, yeah. seven. Uh, but to the point of the, like, the to the level where it has seeped into everyone's consciousness. Yeah. Like, holy shnikes is now like a right. intergenerational exclamation in my household. Right. Like, oh, uh, yeah. which I never heard until this, you know, obviously until this movie, but you know, my kids sometimes would be like, holy shnikes. Like yeah. to- Tommy boy is one of Liam's favorite movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it transcends the generations. I forget it. I mean, he saw it a couple of years ago, whatever it was, yeah. I don't know, three years ago. And at some point, I don't know, a year after that, for some reason I, I said, Oh yeah, you know, that guy in Tommy boy, he died. And he's like, what? what? He was like shocked and like, uh, it affected him for a, a second. A little bit sad. Like, yeah. He was like, wait, there's no more movies by this guy. Well, like, yeah. well, there's like a couple, but yeah, yeah. No new ones. Well, there's the same movie filmed in three different ways. Right. Yeah. Like with black sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was uh, uh, Schneikes and uh, Son of a. When I watched it, it was like I don't son of a son of a. 
being like like a dozen times in this movie. I'm like, man, yeah. he says that a lot. And like, yeah, Brendan, you say that all the time. Let's times. let. I'm gonna try not to step on our quotes for until later, but right. we so can right. definitely. That's- impact and what's it's impossible to not talk about it and i think you know at the time that this movie came out it was not there's nothing digital online that you can watch the movie fairly quickly you're renting a vhs from blockbuster like so it takes time like i think we all appreciated it and you could buy it and maybe you watch it after you went out to bars if you bought the video um but it 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 wasn't until i think it was on DVD and digitally available well, that it really become like people just, it's so rewatchable. And- yes. But when it came out in 95, Chris Farley was the force of nature on SNL. He was the funniest guy on that show. Yeah. And yeah. Sp- Spain was coming along, but he wasn't quite there yet. But Farley was the guy mm-hmm. and had been well, for and- a year. I mean, Farley was the most explosive, but Sandler was coming on as like the sure. emerging star. But, but yeah, I mean, but so you wanted to find out what Farley was going to do that week. Like, what was he going to break or what was right. he going to And, and his core audience essentially were college students or people right. with the mentality of a college student. Right. And <laughs> that's the correct, that's the correct responder. Throw in the extra kicker of he went to Marquette and is wearing a Marquette rugby uh, uh, jacket in right. this movie, and we are at Marquette, and you know we are drinking at the bars that he used to drink at. Like it was, it, it, I remember it yes, being significant it was, for our our crew or our right. group, even when it came out. Agreed, for sure. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, and I remember always answering the question like, "Wow, Marquette, is that really what it looked like?" I'm like, "No, that shit was fun." <laughs> no, I don't remember that. I don't so, remember that quad. I'm going to spoil that. For, it, I'm not going to wait till the trivia. So the stand-in for Marquette was the University of Toronto. Yeah. 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 Looks like it's a nicer school. Much nicer. It, it, I mean, <laughs> it looks like Marquette, but way dressed up. And, and, and It looks like Marquette? Well, None it, of it looked like Marquette. It looked like... Really up close. It looked like, like at a rock. Yeah. It looked like <laughs> Jesu or the uh, communication school. Not so much the wide pan. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's way more green there. Well, Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, so, I mean, before right. we get one more general observation, because look, it's, I'm sure we're going to get into oh, I've got, I've got, sort of, I've got two more bombshells to drop. So keep going. All right. Real quick. The, obviously the joke, the joke, a scene or multiple jokes per scene, but the similar to Ace Ventura or some of these other movies, you, you just get reminded of the machine gun nature. Like the yeah. jokes are just, it's joke, it's joke, it's joke. And, but then I started just thinking, into it and it, especially the first I'd say 20 25 minutes of the movie this this thing is careening out of control yeah. and barely being held together and I didn't know any of the backstory you know this is a movie I appreciated ex- just exclusively for what it was like on, on face value I didn't like you know dig into like the godfather to find out you know what's the backstory on it right but but it was a shit show yeah. looking into it a little bit like i mean they were they had they they hadn't really written the entire script by the time you know by the time they started shooting they had people like faxing in pages of the script the morning that they were supposed to be filmed i mean it was it was not a well thought out piece and it, you just felt like it was like this 
mixture of SNL bits that didn't make it to the air. And they're like, how do we create a movie where we have this happen in a scene? Right. If you watch like the whole, exactly. If if you watch the movie and you're paying attention, I mean, we've said this about other uh, movies we've done this on on the podcast, but this one is particularly obvious. This is not a movie. It's just a a number of scenes strung together with a a couple of characters. Yeah, it's like a it's like a series of skits. Yeah, that's all. The same character, but kind of different. um, It's like scenario. We can put them in in this this scenario on the road. This scenario at the coffee shop. This scenario at the gas station. Yeah, like let's make sure let's make sure we can bust a board out of his face so he can do the here not there, but. But the but your point is so well taken. The the people who get notoriety like Dwyer and Ford, I think from SNL's writing staff that you know fix this quote unquote, you know they probably Fred get, Wolf, get right. the lion's share for the big like gags, right? The person who should get the gold star for this is the one that forced just a modicum of a plot into it to yeah. hold it together, to, so you can understand why the hell they were doing what they were doing. Because it's barely passable, but they but they just got it over the line. I read uh, read an article recently like that. Lauren wanted uh, a Gap Girls movie with uh, yeah. Sandler and 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 Spade was like, "What? Like we barely had enough for Tommy Boy? Like you can't? I, what am I going to write about? That's not a movie. That's, yeah. No, so uh, it's not yeah. even a skit. Like it was barely a skit. Yeah. A skit, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So here is my first bomb to drop. Uh, I, I don't usually do this, but this is a good one. Uh, Roger Ebert. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> famous uh, movie reviewer, critic, Chicago guy. All right. Uh, likes a lot of, movie, of the movies we like. Uh-huh. We know his sensibilities, or at least some of us do. Um, here's just a few choice lines from his review of Tom <laughs> Tommy Boy is one of those movies that plays like an explosion down at the screenplay factory. You can almost picture a bewildered office boy, his face smudged with soot, wandering through the ruins and rescuing pages at random. The movie is an assembly of cliches and obligatory scenes from dozens of other movies. All are better. Uh, It's like the part was written by three writers locked in separate rooms. (laughs) No one is funny in Tommy Boy. There are no memorable lines. No <laughs> memorable lines? Oh, uh, what? This was this made his like most hated most list. Most hated list. <laughs> that, that part I saw. Um what was he had another movie that he later like realized he made a he, he's got a number of them there, like yeah. uh, big misses, but this is a pretty big one. Yeah. Just because of how well. I, mean, I, I, I nobody thinks so, this movie's highbrow yeah, you, in any way, shape, or form. You can dislike this it. This is but like the, slapstick comedy the, at best. The level at which he hates it is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. I would also say I can agree with every single one of the statements you just read off in his quote yeah. and come to a completely different conclusion. Right. I mean, the, the only one I can take issue with is like no memorable lines. I'm like, come on. Right. So, I know. You know. But other than that, he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of accurate, I think, in his assessment there. Yeah. In conclusion, best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> this is garbage, and the it fact win that the they pulled Award. it together and made a great movie is amazing. Yeah. Like that's I laughed the whole time. It was amazing. <laughs> Everyone should see it. So I'm trying to think. I've seen this movie 37 times. Oh, I don't know. I'm Whatever. Definitely more than right? that. Yeah. 
So today was the first time I realized a humongous, I, I don't know if we call it a plot hole, but a pro, I have a, there's a big problem a with, with movie? the structure of this movie. Yeah. No. Okay. But, oh, no. Do tell. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> it was so, Go on. It was something I hadn't noticed before is the point. Okay. After the dad dies, after Big Tom kicks it, yeah. uh, at the board meeting or the, the all-hands meeting of the Callahan Auto right. executives or bank people or whatever the fuck that meeting is, um, Tommy puts up his inheritance to secure the loan for the new brake pad division, right? That's going to yeah. save the, the company. Puts up his house and whatever inheritance he has. They're like, okay, yeah, we, we could actually do that. And then the line comes, which is baffling. For context, this company supports the entire town, apparently, mm-hmm. right? It, it employs hundreds of people, a thousand. I don't, I don't know how big it is. Said, later on, with Selinsky said 300. 300, yeah. there you go. Um, multiple buildings. It's like it, in Sandusky, Ohio, it's like the biggest thing there is. Everybody knows this company. It's significant. Okay. They have lots of employees is the point. Yes. So somebody says, after Tommy is going to put up his house, somebody says, but who's going to sell them the, the brake pads? You don't have a whole sales team? You don't have three dozen people or three <laughs> people or 11 people or Tom did one it. other person to sell? Tom, Tom Sr. did it. The only yeah, guy selling this stuff was one guy? Yes. 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 Oh. Looking him in the eyes, hitting the road. Making the big deal. What was I it? Think you saw a leader giving a tour of that facility as Tommy returned from graduation, and he had the vision for the new brake pad division that was going to set the company on a new trajectory. After eight whiskey sours, I can still sell the son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking! Hell. I forgot about that scene where he's like, the hooks are coming. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, so. Awesome. So it's funny that um, looking into the, the film, I just assumed that there was more improvisation going on. Not and much. I guess they had given um, Farley a little bit more free reign just to do whatever he wanted with those hooks. Yeah. And he, he kind of seized up. So I guess that forced them to, to inject more of like a conversational outline or at least, hey, we want to get from A to B in this conversation, but you guys can say whatever you want in the middle, which was what they were a little bit more comfortable with, but they didn't like the, he, he couldn't, ha- Farley could, apparently couldn't handle the, uh, just no. make it up completely on your own. Spade had to, had to write something up and then Farley, uh, took that and ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that also seems like the responsible thing to do on the part of like the writers or the director is you're going, you're like, okay, you're going from this general idea yeah. to this general idea. You can figure out how you get there in between, but you've got some sort of direction like that. The director, feels- it was his second movie. So he's, he wasn't, there were no adults on this I, I, uh, I situation. Know, but I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying like that should have been the case no matter what. All right. Uh, look, th- this is the movie though, the type of movie that proves someone in the, in the well-respected chain of Saturday Night Live had a gambling problem or something going on in the mid nineties, because when you look into the, to the, the discussion at the time, I mean, Lord Michaels was greenlighting this uh, Billy Madison. He uh, was, uh, he, he talked about wanting to do the gap girls movie. I mean, he was, 
Lauren Michaels was like, if there's any sketch that's mildly popular, let's see if we can convert it into a movie. I mean, you know, uh, Will, Will Ferrell got Night at the Roxbury made shortly after this. The, isn't, yeah. or the, 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 the person you're looking for isn't someone. You just named the someone. It's Lauren Michaels. Yeah. He's well, the I mean, he and I have a relationship, relationship, so I didn't want to allege a gambling <laughs> problem, but you All know. Right. Before we get into uh, trivia and stuff, let's let's look at the uh, box office performance, okay. shall we? Uh, I purposely avoided this, and I I cannot wait to hear what happened here. Yeah, well, we have done 1995 before, um, but let's just do it again. All right, uh, the top ten, <clears throat> 1995, Batman Forever, Ooh. a bad Batman. Yeah. 184 million. Uh, Apollo 13, 172. Toy Story, 146. Pocahontas, uh, animated, I guess, right? 139. Ace Ventura. Ah, yes. Comes in at number five with 103 million. No plague. Number six. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, Casper. Are oh, you fucking kidding me? I know. Wow. Number seven, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Ooh, yes. The third one, the Samuel L. Jackson one. Yeah. I think that's mm. the second of the three. Like, ranked second of the three. Oh, maybe. But it's uh, decent. But it's... 92 million. Number eight, Crimson Tide, 91 million. Mm-hmm. Number nine, GoldenEye, 91 million. Number 10, Waterworld, 88 million. Really? Oh I didn't God. think it made that oh, much money. Man. Yeah. Tommy Boy, all the way down at number 52. Whoa. 32.6 million. Wow. It had a budget of. Hey, you have the, I was going to say, what was the budget? Yeah, so it was, it was 20. So it made 12 million on top of that. $20 million budget? Yeah. Were they just moving crews around and that's why it cost so much? Because there's definitely not any. No. Food and gas, I guess. <laughs> That all went to Lauren Michaels. Cocaine so number problem. ten was ninety two, and then fifty two was thirty two. Yeah. Wow, that's a tiny... number ten was eighty eight. But I'm yeah. sorry, eighty eight to. That's how it always goes. Like, it's it's like, always wow. It's okay. Maybe not that deep, but yeah, yeah it's. it's uh, I'm impressed that fifty two made thirty two. So number fifty two was Tommy Boy. Yes. Rob Nash, can you tell us what number fifty three was? <laughs> oh man. Black sheep? Nope. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> oh, it, it better not be heat. It was heat. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> now, oh my god. Truth be told, heat came out in December of that year, so it made it thirty-one point seven in in a month. Uh, Tommy Boy, Just came New out York in L.A. Yeah, so. Overall, he made a bunch of money, but uh, in that year, it finished behind Tommy. Don't start sticking your dirty paws <laughs> on one of the greatest movies you've ever made. Uh, <laughs> nailed it. All right, uh, let's do, where is it? Uh, Rotten Tomato score. What do we think the critics gave Tommy Boy? How? Well, and I, I, I'm going to stipulate, though, has got to be the greatest gap between critics and viewers 
ever, right? If if Roger Ebert is a uh, <laughs> yeah. litmus test, there is, is yeah. he the, the bellwether he, for the, uh, the, uh, the critics benchmark? Yeah. So this who's first? Critics first. Critics first. I guess twenty two. I'm gonna I'm gonna go fifty. Oh. Man. Yeah, 22 sounded good to me. So I'm going to go, uh, for some reason, 27 is the next stop I'd have. <clears throat> the critics have a Rotten Tomato score of 41%. So I also was close. Wow. Suck it. So now the audience. God, what's a bad, what's a bad movie get then? <laughs> hundred. Audience score. Audience score for Tommy Boy. I'm going to say 86. Did the audience go see it? Did they like it? I'm going to say 86. Or was it a, uh, uh, a VHS cult classic? Yeah. I'm going to go 86. Right. I think people who saw it liked it generally, but it's not, it, they didn't go bananas. ADC. I go 77. I'm coming, I'm coming in right at that. Uh, 82. We just got to start making Rob go first. Uh, well, <laughs> Rob, what did you say when this began that there, it should be the, it'll be the biggest gulf in between critics and audience? Mm-hmm. Oh, the audience okay, score bigger. was 90. Oh. oh, my goodness. Really? Wow. So critics, that's, 41, audience, 90. Wow. That's, 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 that's awesome. They are all Saturday Night Live <laughs> All right, trivia, fun facts. Right. We've already touched on some of this stuff, but get your trivia hat on. So, Ed, you brought up earlier Sonova, <clears throat> and you said yeah. he said it a dozen times. Mm-hmm. He actually yeah. said it 10 times in the movie. That's <laughs> the oh, nice. Sonova. It stood out to me as like, that's a lot, <laughs> a lot of time. Like the little kid. I don't remember the little kid scene. Yeah. Off the swing, and he ran into the glass, and he, <laughs> and he kept running into more glass throughout the movie. Like I just forgot that. Like he just the same shit he did as a little kid. Like he kept doing. It was just, but that's awesome. It was just, stuff like that is what, yeah. what saved the movie. I think. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, I've got oh, wow. kind of like more behind the scenes thing uh, thing. So one, first of all, this is a completely insane stat if it's true but chris farley loved coffee Mm -hmm. so much that he would drink 27 cups of cappuccino a day oh my god (laughs) my heart and sometimes three at a time before the next scene yeah yeah oh my god but i mean everyone's like oh man chris lived life a little too hard i'm like you were making this guy do saturday night live Right. Right. And perform yeah. in them. And then get on a plane and get to Toronto to make your funny little movie. And then write half those scenes while he was there. And then head back to New York at the yeah. end of the week to get out. Oh, that, like, that requires uppers and downers. All the, <laughs> yeah, all the other SNL movies were done in the off season. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. one was done in season. So the other. Well, they, <laughs> The other thing I had, and you guys were talking about Lorne Michaels kind of in the background being the puppet master, but apparently this movie at one point was going to be called Billy the Third, a Midwestern, was the yes. working title. Yeah. 
but they changed. They didn't want to use. He didn't want to use the word. Wait, the name Billy. Let's just. I know the Midwestern. Let's just a Midwestern. <laughs> Come on. It's so funny. It's, a Midwestern is so funny. Does anybody want to go to Gibbles? <laughs> <laughs> but they, he wanted the name changed mm-hmm. because it was coming out too close to Billy Madison, yeah. and he didn't want audiences to get confused between the two movies. Well, that's what I was trying to piece together. When, when, when did Sandler hit? I thought Sandler was before Tommy Boy, but clearly not. I guess if Billy Madison was in, in the works, so Billy Madison must have been after Tommy Boy. I think it was either after yeah. or or just before. It was real close. I think Billy Madison. We, I mean, go ahead. We can look it up. I thought it was a summer release right after this. Right I after think, we don't look I things think, up. There's no facts. Sandler, was Happy Gilmore before or after that? Billy Madison was first, and then Happy Gilmore. I, uh, correct. I think yeah. that's correct. Yeah. Um, I saw something, and I usually don't look at. I try to skip past it, but since we're talking about it. Um, I guess Sandler was one of the considerations for Richard. And he was already committed to a different movie. Farley wanted one of his two SNL buddies. Right. Spade or Sandler for Richard. Right. Right. And Sandler couldn't do it because he was filming Billy Madison. Right. Yeah. So... Two things. One, actually, they were released right next to one another. Billy Madison in February and 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 Tommy Boy in March. Um, Lauren Michaels just the, going to Hollywood. Oh yeah, really. I'm seriously. There was some some payment was due. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing that I thought about the the casting as they were trying to pull this together, uh, I, I saw that um, Christian Slater was considered for Richard. And yeah. I actually thought that would be good. I thought that would, I mean, <laughs> right. Spade ends up killing. I mean, I, again, you can't think too deeply about the movie, but Spade's great at what he does in this movie. Right. Um, and Christian Slater could be annoying, but I don't know if he would be sar- sarcastic enough. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, well, let's just jump into casting while we're doing this. Um, so yeah, Slater was considered for Richard. Um, we talked about Sandler as a possibility. Uh, Rob Lowe famously was going to be uh, his character was going to be uh, Tommy Boy's brother and they had to do a whole rewrite and then Rob Lowe had to step away for scheduling reasons and he he wasn't going to do the movie so they were starting to find people to take the Rob Lowe uh, spot Paul Paul, and Matthew McConaughey was one of the actors oh Wow. Hey, but Brendan, did you kind of note as you as you looked at that, Rob Lowe is weirdly responsible for a lot of this movie, like, <laughs> or a lot of a lot of things were worked around his like schedule yeah. and situation, yeah. and it and it seems like that was also true on um, Wayne's World as well. There's a weird Rob Lowe, yep. Michael's connection. Well, and I think I even saw where they were like tennis buddies or something. Yeah, I was going to say, oh. Rob Lowe was playing tennis with Lauren Michaels. Like he oh is my God. T- like buddies with Lauren Michaels. And so I think he's involved in all these movies and somehow, some way. Which is funny. Like he, I think he's respected as a comedic actor yeah. greater than I appreciate, you know? I would agree. Yeah. Like I always thought that he was like the straight man kind of guy, but he really you think about it, he plays a lot more, a lot of comedic uh, characters. 
Yeah. I when you asked me like what, what or sent the overall likes and dislikes, I'm like I put Rob Lowe as my only dislike. <laughs> <laughs> like I just said Rob Lowe, the rest of it was great. Like yes, Rob Lowe and you're this is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like anyone, put like Will Farrell or whatever, anyone else, like you know, whatever. Hilarious. I like, but I did like Rob Lowe in um, um, uh, Parks and Rec. Like I did think oh, he, yeah. right. he was good in it, like from a comedic st- standpoint. But I was, you know, he was doing West Wing right before this. Right. And I, well, he I, also did he did Wayne's World though too, where he was like kind of know, a similar was, guy, right? He was also like Wayne's World. I was like, that was another one you could write him out of that, and I'd be like, <laughs> all right with that. Like, <laughs> but I did, yeah, I didn't understand it. I didn't feel like he fit in this goofy. All right, well. And you're not invited like the to the pr- the pretty boy uh, yeah, w- w- aspect of Rob. We're not going to invite you yeah, to. He the- was coming Rob off Lowe. of a hard '80s, like rebuilding his career, but he was all West Wing and serious guy. And then he tries to do these other silly things, like "Look at me, I can do everything." And you're like, "All right, take it easy." <laughs> yeah, I think it's got some issues. I know. <laughs> I just generally uh, like that. <laughs> Bo Derek played uh, Beverly. Yes. Her husband, John Derrick, was very protective of her and jealous. He (laughs) was the one that made her cut her hair right before she showed up on set. He he gave her that haircut because he didn't want anybody, like, uh, uh, looking at her or something. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's like that, that you know. You see it online, and it's like in the it's in the funny uh, trivia. And I'm like, no. oh, I think I think the authorities need to be alerted. <laughs> I was just saying that's so funny. Granted, the first time you see her with a haircut, I was like, Whoa. is that a wig? I'm like, what's going? Yeah, what's, yeah. what's happening there? Yeah. Uh, okay, the scene where Tommy and Michelle are in the sailboat. Tommy is about to tear up. Uh, the only way Farley could get himself to tear up at all was to just poke himself in the eye repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did it for a while, and then it did a take, but it, oh there was God. some issue with the camera or something, oh and so they God. had to like reset, and then an hour later, come back and do it again, and he had to just poke himself oh in the God, eye again. Just rub onions in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Farley, not the uh, thespian we thought no he was. No emotion. Really? <laughs> uh... The woman at the pool, Lori Bagley, uh, Chris Farley later, later dated her uh, after this movie. Did Spade hate him for that? Yeah. Spade introduced him. Yes, and he Shut did up. hate him. Really? Yeah, and he did hate him. Spade wanted to date her, but it wasn't working out, and somehow he introduced them, and then Farley started dating her. That's funny. <laughs> that, that entire scene was completely real. Say, like, please let this happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the hey, film, hey, yeah, it's naughty time. Can, can, I, I really am obsessed about this now because I think one of the greatest stories, not t- totally told by all the standard sources, is how this movie got made. But can I just quickly run through some stats with Lauren Michaels Productions sure. and just their timeline? Right. I so, love that you are obsessed with Lauren Michaels now. <laughs> well, he did three amigos. I have, I have low stats after, just so you know. <laughs> But Lauren Michaels produced Three Amigos in 1986. Great movie, funny movie, literally. Great movie. And then he didn't do anything until 1992. So the guy takes, you know, six years off. And then he goes, Wayne's World, 92. Coneheads, 93. Wayne's World 2, 93. Lassie, 
94, Tommy Boy, 95, Stuart Saves His Family, 95, Black Sheep, 96, Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy, 96, A Night at the Roxbury, 98, Superstar, Abomination, by the way, in 99. I have I have watched on the moon. more often than I probably should be admitting. Superstar. Can I just finish though? As a reminder, in 2000, man makes the ladies' man. Oh. Yes. Well, my half bottle of Kovacier cognac is over, so clearly <laughs> that means only one thing. My show yeah. must be over. <laughs> that was so and this show How is that a movie? <laughs> I just want to. It's a, I just want to say 90 second skit that got turned into a 90 minute movie. Amazing. That guy's the best. I just want to say God bless Lauren Michaels and whatever he went through of that, those seven years of hell from 93 to 2000, whatever you were dealing with, I'm sorry. I love you. You're valued. He, and I'm glad you came out on the other side. Obviously he sold his soul to the devil, right? I mean, that's the only way. No other answer. There's no other answer. I mean, when you get the reaction from Night at the Roxbury and you're like, ah, fuck it, we're doing Mary Catherine. <laughs> at least Mary what? Catherine w- was a likable skit that was on constantly, uh, almost every week. Right. The ladies' man was on three times, and it was <laughs> the, the third time you're like, all right, I get it. Uh, I would, uh, re- I would uh, recommend it. So I would so recommend uh, doing it in the butt. Ladies, man, that's so great, though. Oh, shit. In the film Fifty First Dates with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Yes. Uh, the doctor, played by Dan Aykroyd, yes, uh, mentions that there's a Callahan Institute which is funded out of Sandusky, Ohio, by a T.B. Callahan. Yep. I do remember hearing that. That's insane. I I, I don't know that movie that well, so I don't know, but I do like that. Uh, We could do, I mean, Fat Guy in a Little Coat. Are we doing quotes already? No. Fat Guy in a Little Coat. Trivia. I mean, you talk about impact, like that thing. That that's, came that's, from Spade and Farley. Yeah, just working Every time you're putting on a coat. That's <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, I mean, I think most people know that, that that was Spade and Farley shared an office. And when they got late or punchy, Farley would do that to just uh, uh, make Spade laugh or whatever. Um, but it was only just a, a, a saying, a, a, a phrase. It was not a, a song until the movie. Yeah. And that was sort of an improv thing that happened off camera that they were waiting around for whatever. And then Farley's just like back in a little coat and he starts singing. <laughs> and then he starts yeah. singing the song and the director's like, Oh wait, get yeah. the cameras on. We got to yeah. redo the whole scene. Sing it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's throwaway line. The spade. Take it off. Dickhead. I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. anytime yeah. I've heard like David Spade talk about, this movie and obviously he and Farley were friends, you know, close and all that stuff. There's a lot of chemistry there, but apparently there was a ginormous yeah. fight that occurred during the filming of this yep. where David Spade goes out for drinks with Rob Lowe and Chris Farley stayed back, which feels like a bit of restraint that I was not expecting in the reading of said story, but Oh, you know, the, the, 
Al, the lead in I heard was Farley had hit it hard the night before. Oh, he, he, he was quote unquote sick. Uh, yeah. I did not realize that yeah. part. But apparently then like the next morning, like he was, you know, super jealous and like how's Rob and like all these different things. And they got into like a shoving match where mm-hmm. David Spade got shoved down the stairs, like shoved into a wall yeah. and fell down the stairs or some like insane thing. They weren't talking for hours. They would talk through like, like children, you need to go and tell David that, you know, this, and then David would respond through the other person. will tell Chris this, like they would not talk to each other. They would only talk through other people. Insane. They'd be on the set next to each other and talking yeah. both facing the same way, yeah. like into a mirror, talking to the director yeah. to tell the other guy <laughs> the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very funny fight, by the way. Yeah, like it's good. <laughs> that's, that's the best part of it. It's two comedians fighting in a ridiculous way. Yeah, I think that happened a lot. <laughs> okay, any last tidbits? Otherwise, we move on to everyone's favorite uh, section. No, I mean, I think overall, are we are we in overall likes and dislikes? Or are we? Uh... Are we recasting? Because my, I think the one thing we didn't talk about was the the deer scene. Oh, which was, free. We're about oh, well, that's memorable. My God, like oh, Eric, that's yeah. like a top five moment of just that's the best. Okay, <laughs> and comes to life, it rips apart the whole car. Hold on to that, and we'll do that when we do uh, best scenes and quotable lines. I yes, but all right, I'll sit on that one because that was holy crap. That was the best part of what I liked about what I dislike about that movie is Rob Lowe, and what I like most about this movie is the tear scene. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, I mean, a couple of things before we just leave generally, Brennan. I mean, it's like already touched on the sort of haphazard writing of it. Like it seemed to be pulled together at the last second, but I mean, this is the beginning, even that stretch of movies I just ran through with Lord Michaels, but this, I mean, they've done it before, but like, this is a movie that is clearly driven by like, let's get this guy and this character into as many situations as we possibly can. Like a character or a concept driving the creation of an entire movie. Um, you know, from him crushing the coffee table in the in the graduation scene all through the end. They're just like, whatever we need to do to get this guy doing this thing more often. I just find it funny that a movie could still come together around that. Like, we don't know what to do with this guy, but he's everyone laughs every time they see him, so let's make a movie about it. Yeah, he's basically a, what he's they a said. Physical comedian. It's um, literally yeah. a star vehicle. Like yeah. let's we're gonna make this guy a star. Yeah. Uh, I mean it's yeah. We haven't seen a lot of the, those in the past 20 years, probably. No. Or 10 I was going to say, it's not, it doesn't happen as, it, as, as often as it used to. Yeah. And there was like that, that Saturday Live streak, right? You know, where Belushi kind of started it and then went from there. But, but it was basically just like, we'll do this. There's not as many characters. going to be in it. So you, don't, you don't see that as much. They recycled a couple of goodies where like, like uh, what's his name? What was Farley's character, Van Down by the River, where he jumps on the coffee table? did that in the right. fraternity house in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You know, they recycled, they yeah. stole from SNL to like, just because like, this was his, like what he was known for. And yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, I think there there aren't as many physical comedians as there were before. Like there's a there's a physicality to Chris Farley that comes through in this movie. Yeah. In in half the comedic scenes, it's because he is doing something that yeah. his hair goes crazy, he's falling <laughs> down, he's running into something, he is, you know, scribble scrabbling around, like just like like yeah. all it's physical stuff, and you don't see that as much yeah. now. The the two other things I would say about Chris Friday that I noted when I was watching it <laughs> is I don't know if he would have become a good actor. But, you know, he obviously went a little early, but he he could do a couple things that were so genuine. Like his deference to Richard early in the movie, where he knows that he's smarter, is very genuine. Like oh, he's yeah. he he is in awe of the guy. His politeness to adults is so genuine. Like yeah. he clearly is like, but then the other thing that I think is so funny, Bob, which makes him you nailed it. He's not acting in, in those times. He, that's just him. I think he, I think he's like, yes, mister. Like you're, you seem yeah. to be an authority and I will say <laughs> hello, mister, you know? And this is maybe uh, a bit of a glasses half full from, from my perspective, Rob, but I think if he were to have seen his drug problem through and, and lived, I think he would have been sort of Robin Williams-esque in terms of like being able to find a serious side. And I actually like to think that he would have done sort of a dead poets thing after doing like being the crazy yeah. antics, you know, in the beginning. No, you and, could al- and he could always he dial was, it up. Because he was a deep person. So I think you could find, and Sandler in, this, in, a, in a similar way with like Gems movie and other like funny people and other movies like clicked and stuff like, you know, there was, he was deep. He was well, a deep person. Like you before know, he so. died, uh, famously, he was uh, working on to some to whatever degree. Uh, he was going to play Fatty Arbuckle in a in a biography. So that would have been his uh, mo- partially real drama piece. I mean, it was obviously a comedy, uh, uh, a comedic, a comedic yeah. uh, actor or person he's portraying. But uh, yeah. he might have that might have been the term. Who knows? Right. Yeah, I, like think doing, I mean, I think to a certain extent, a lot of, I mean, I think that would have, he's right at that age where comedic actors started out one way and then switched to finding dramatic roles. Think about Jim Carrey. Think about, um, like you, you were saying, um, Adam Sandler, like all of those got, like there are a lot of people that wanted to be able to make the switch and somehow feel like they were legitimizing their career, even though comedic acting isn't, can't be done by everybody. Like that is a skill and a talent that often goes uncredited by critics, clearly Roger Ebert, Um, (laughs) you know, like Raj, the cat, like um, Oscars, like nobody (laughs) recognizes comedy as a legitimate um, genre of cinema. No, yeah. I, I also thought that he had a little bit more of the harder edge that I had. Like, I know he felt like, okay, they, these physical in, in things. So they're, yeah, that harder, harder edge is not the term. He was smart. He, he could be smarter than he was being portrayed. Yeah. But like he did a little throwaway line when, um, Richard was trying to give him a pep talk about being a good salesman. And he goes, Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that, you know, he also knew 
when to like let everyone in on the joke. Like he knew what was going on. And <laughs> and not, I'm not doing taking away from the quote section, but I loved his inability to have a comeback. He's like. <laughs> Yeah. Hard shell head. <laughs> shell. Like there's like no comeback. Is that a niner? You're like, I hear a what? niner in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Uh okay. Like, before, before we get <laughs> like it was awesome. It was like just like every nine year old in a in a you know yep. cul-de-sac. Before we what? get to recasting, let me give you my bit of trivia. And that's I was one of the two, three, five people to see Chris Farley last alive. Uh, my parents lived in the John Hancock building, Herbie Hancock. That goes right on my list of quotable lines I because I have uh-huh. said that a thousand times. It's funny that... <laughs> Farley lived in the, in the Herbie Hancock building. Yeah. That's great. Um, so, but Farley lived, I don't know, 10 floors above them or whatever it was. Um, and I went there to visit them, I think on a Sunday or a Saturday. Um, and I was, you know, they buzzed me in or I went to the doorman and, and whatever I, they buzzed me in or however the hell that works. And I walk through the door and I physically run into this guy with his hat pulled down and it's Chris Farley. He's got, uh, you know, one of those, those flat Irish, uh, uh, caps on and, uh, sort of bumps into me like, Oh, sorry. And then you know, he's, he's disheveled and, you know, heading out. And I'm like, Holy crap. That, that was awesome. Great. Uh, cut to three days later. Um, he, he's found dead in his, in his room upstairs. And when you can, when you hear the stories and connect the dots, he was almost certainly, when I bumped into him, he was leaving the building to go to church for the last time, mm-hmm. uh, going to church down the road. And then, and then he had like a big day and a half or something, didn't he? Yeah, good. Like a bender. Two-day bender. Yeah. Uh, and then he was dead. So I, there's five people that saw him in, in that last few days, and I was one of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the two people that might have been at Saturday Mass. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, okay, it's a recasting debate. We call it recaster bait. Uh-huh. Better close the door. It's time to recaster bait. Sinner. <laughs> Nailed it. Sinner. Sinner. Uh, nobody does that better than Rob. That's so <laughs> so no, Allison. No one, no one does it better than Allison. Sinner. That's just... Thank you, Rob. We should take a minute. All right. For those scoring at home, we have seven main people, I'm going to call them, and then we may have some bonus people, I don't know, whatever. Uh, We've got Tommy, we've got Richard, we've got Michelle, Paul, Beverly, Zelinsky, just because I wanted to do that one, and Big Tom. Yep. Beyond that, whatever you want. This character is so identifiable with Chris Farley, obviously. The idea of trying to recast Tommy Boy is like, well, I don't understand what the point is. Like, right. so I, I really had a huge problem. I'm like, I can build a movie where it would be problem. interesting to see these new people react to Chris Farley, but I can't. The movie doesn't work in my mind if it isn't Chris Farley, well, right? We, I mean, we did it with Ace Ventura. 
I mean, this is. I know it's, it, it is the same thing, but I, I I will say there's a warmth or maybe a soft spot for him and how he you know yeah. is still around oh, or is not still around and. Right. It's just like, how do you figure someone else could do this? Be clear, recasting Tommy is impossible. Right. I mean, because the movie was written for him. Yeah. Like, this is all about Chris Farley, his persona, his physicality, like his line delivery. All of that is for him. Yeah. So. It will become immediately clear when I go through my uh, recasting that I didn't try to find the new Farley. I agree. I did the same thing. I was kind oh, of trying to reframe I, yeah. the Tommy character yeah. in a slightly oh, different way. I went in wild directions. <sighs> yeah. Not I, I wild, thought of one that different. I thought one that could kind of do it and then I'm like, this is I'm, I'm breaking some type of law so I'll stop yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a hundred percent certain somebody's gonna just be like, no, with one of mine. Oh, I would think you. Uh, two of mine are, are no. I and the person that I think I'm gonna get the no on, I but I would put money on the fact that somebody else has them on their list. Oh, so wow, yeah. All right, Eddie, what's up? Ed, you good? You're oh, good. Yeah. Sorry, good. Hang, on, hang on a moment. Go for it, dude. Apparently, is it the domestic issue? Turn. <laughs> All right, let, let's hit this. He'll have to. He'll have to hurry. Uh, hurry up. Let's do Julie. Who cares about Julie? What? We, Wait a second. We start. We, no. This is top down. No, man. no, 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 no. And we need all reactions for said casting. If by Julie you mean Michelle, then yeah, I'm sorry, Michelle. <laughs> the Julie Warner was okay. the uh, actress. Sorry. Hey, everybody. The door over that way opens and yeah, just a quick question. Logistics in the morning, we got soccer and hoops, but whatever. Sorry. Right. Hey, everybody. Well, it's Tony Robbins. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's start with Rob Nash and let's do your Tommy. You're going to have to pick your maybe three. three out of 12 that you might have on your no, call. So, all of us need no. to limit ourselves to three. And then after we give all of ours, then we can throw out wild cards. Like we thought about this. We thought about that. I, I will make this even more efficient. As I said, I could not even entertain the idea. So I thought a person that could do it, but he'd have to dumb it down because he's been seen as being smart too often. I thought Jonah Hill could be Tommy, but that was it. He's in his fifties. So that's that's potentially an issue, right? He's he's not in his fifties, but he's not because I'm not. He's not as old as I am, and I'm not in my fifties. So <laughs> um, that's good. I mean, I I, I like Jonah Hill, but I, you know, there, but I mean, again, we're kind of pivoting off the last section on on yeah. on Farley. Like, I can't think of a type of personality that there's been in no. thirty years. That was that's like him, like the, no. Kevin James is kind of physical, I guess, but like not in the manic way that he is. I mean, that intro when Farley comes on Letterman that one time. I mean, like no. you're never going to see something like that, you know? No, in, in years, no. So I don't know who I could even compare him to. Everyone uh, else I could give a comparison. Jack Palance can do push-ups, so he, he yeah, exactly, he, he exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. Great. Uh, I'm going to go with mine. Um, right. I only, 
I've got two, and because the third one is so bad, I'm not even going to say it. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's John Ham. John Ham. <laughs> Number. I ran into the same issue with age. Yes. So I'm going to go with a de aging technology. Mm-hmm. Although he looks young, but still, uh, Keenan Thompson. Damn it! <laughs> that was mine. Keenan Thompson is my number two, and my number one. Uh, it changes the movie significantly. I don't know what we specifically can do here. We got to make a move, but uh, I'm going with AD Bryant from no. SNL. Yeah, I thought about. It. Great, I thought about that's that's you know what that is about as close as you can get right now. I think she can pull off the sweetness. She can play dumb and goofy. Uh, she can do the Midwestern thing too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, McCarthy, McCarthy could do it too, but she's. Yeah. Right. McCarthy 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. I mean, the age thing is always difficult for me because everyone I know is 40 uh, <laughs> in all these movies. Re- I don't know. What about Rebel? What's her name? Wilson. Well, if you saw her, the trailer of her new movie, she's lost like 60 pounds. So yeah. she, she can't yeah. play the, 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 the Jolly Farley guy. Yeah, she's, she's not, not fat, fat Amy from Pitch Perfect yeah. anymore. She's, yeah. So that's, yeah. So 80, 80 Bryant is my Farley. Um, Allison, what do you got for a Farley? So I, I'm going to call this a not choice or not a real selection. Oh, but so Ed, we, we're going with three max. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's de-aging, but the way that I was thinking about this is almost taking a character that was in another movie and putting him in this movie. Okay. And that is the Alan character from The Hangover with Zach Galifianakis. Right. right. Playing like an adult who has been living off of his dad forever. So it's not, he's not a recent graduate, but he's been rich kid adult <laughs> and so writing the movie like, though i know that's what I said. <laughs> all right more realistic um this one my second choice is he's a little bit more obscure but he's a goofball but he's the physicality is different he's thin um skylar gisando um he's whoa i had that for if lunch. you've seen the movie book smart he plays jared <laughs> jared jared Sure. Rob, have you seen it? That, no, I'm laughing about it. I had that for lunch. All right. Um, the the only other person I picked, again, <laughs> changing the character a bit to be kind of a burnout is Pete Davidson. Yeah, I hate Pete Davidson, so all right. I can't I can't endorse that, but yep. I get it. Okay. Well that is all Brad, that is the problem where we, we were discussing before is that this movie was written for Farley. So you you can't replace Farley. So whatever we're gonna do, it's not gonna work. But we're trying our best. Yeah. So I, I had a hard time, and I, I took the approach. And I mean, maybe I'm breaking the rules, but maybe I'm a transition for the next person. But <laughs> I, I looked at the pairing of the two. Right. Yeah. And, and you couldn't separate Richard from Tommy because they needed to play off each other. And you took Keenan Thompson, so I'll take Chris Reed as the as the Richard, the counterbalance, because I love their current Red. show. Chris Reed. And I wanted to also sort of stay true to SNL, and I love the concept of sort of flipping it and going yep. from white you know, to black, which would be great. Yep. Um, and in that vein, I thought uh, Key and Peele would be 
awesome. No. Man might actually be able to do that. That was a good one. I think it would Wouldn't be humongous. It wouldn't be like fat weight kind of thing, but no, it would be just awesome. So, that's a good uh, one. so. Um, I also is thought the bum, like is the bumbling peel is the bumbling and Keegan is like the rule follower is yeah. awesome. Right. That would be fun. And then if you were to if kind of go in with, with a little bit of SNL too, if it weren't sort of flip it conceptually, but also need a time machine, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley could also be uh, a fun combo, but again, they're old. So, and they've yeah. been there, done that. So maybe less, less yeah. cool, but yeah. So since you introduced it, the pairing is, is could potentially be important here, right? Yeah. I mean, you you may hire these people in pairs. So, and I stuck, not purposefully, but maybe subconsciously, I stuck with the SNL. I had a lot deal, of SNL, you know, yeah. with Farley and Spade and all that. So, I'll go. I'll go top down. I'll go one to three. Uh, since my Tommy boy was eighty, Bryant, my. Richard was Melissa Via Senora. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, that's not bad. She's funny. I, I mean, her. I think she can pull it off and she can play straight very well. Yeah. You know, um, my backup is Kyle Mooney. Oh, yeah. Richard. And then the one I like the best, but I don't think he fits with any of my potential. He might fit with Keenan Thompson would be Colin Jost. Oh, he was on my list. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, Colin's not, good. I had not thought about that. To go back to yeah, the no nonsense plot, he's right, snarky. Right. Yeah. He, he can be condescending and snarky yep. and oh, yeah. yep. insulting. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I kind of have a bizarro Colin that makes sense, which makes Colin sound even better. Well, go for it. You, give us your Richard. Oh. Uh, a couple people could do it, um, and I, I I like all of them for different reasons. Dave Franco, I think, could kind of no. do it. He's my, he's <laughs> I my feel least like favorite. Rob brings up Dave Franco every podcast. I like a good Dave Franco. Yeah, I thought the Dave Franco and Jonah Hill would work, but maybe no. not. Yeah. Um, along the lines of of Colin, I think Max Greenfield. Oh, oh. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty um, good. A new, you know, from New yep. Girl, and, yep. and I loved him um, so much. So fun. Uh, and then two of the quick ones. I thought John Mulaney could actually yeah, say a lot. <laughs> ah, he's on my list. See, I I did not choose him. I was trying to not get stuck in with age age yeah. issues. But I thought but, Mulaney yeah. could be that fighting character, and then. Uh, and amped, I, I love an aggressive Michael Sarah. I think oh. Michael Sarah could, could do it too. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Uh, Al, give us well, a Richard. Two of my three um, were selected, and I'm left with my third choice, which is a bummer. Um, but I picked Donald Glover. Mm. We, yeah. This Love, podcast yes. loves Donald Glover. I love Donald Glover. <laughs> but I like the idea of him reacting to whatever nonsense of the Tommy character. I almost picked him and uh, the big guy from Atlanta, the other guy in, in that cast. Oh, yeah. He was in Eternals. I don't yeah. Know what, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who was on uh, Get Out? Who was the his friend, the like TSA agent? I don't know TSA. I don't know uh, that show that well. 
Oh, all right. I was, I was saying Donald Glover and that he's a kind of like roly poly. That uh, might be this black comedic actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's the same guy. Oh God, I can't remember his name though. Right, I can't either. Uh, Eddie C, give us your Richard if you didn't already. Well, so I gave Chris Reed with yeah. Keenan Thompson and Jordan Peele to Michael Key or the opposite, and then yeah. uh, and then John C. Riley with Will Ferrell. Oh, so yeah. my, Richard, my Richard has been accounted for. Yeah, I wasn't sure we got him the all. other one that hasn't maybe been sort of SNL uh, ish with Tommy to Richard would be Adam Sandberg to Joe uh, Trigulio from Brooklyn Nine Nine. They're like a funny. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's actually funny. That would be my Joe. My Joe Richard would be like. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> I, that's actually, I, I think that might be my favorite. Ed's like throw it away, last yeah, minute like throw away. Like like All right, Ed, we're, since we're with you, let's stick with you and go with your Michelle. So, again, sort of my line one was sort of flipping it with Keenan and, and Chris Reed. So, either I came up with Zoe's, two Zoe's, Zoe Zaldana or, or Zaldana, and then Zoe Kravitz. Hmm. Well, Zoe Zaldana. Yeah, she was a uh, uh, Gamora. Gamora in Marvel. Yeah, Gamora. They're they're both way too attractive. That's big ticket. Well, right, but that was hard. But they were under forty. <laughs> oh, hey! Before we get before Brendan, before we get deeper into this, can I can I just say the the lack of age difference between the main cast is disturbing, especially given. I mean, the 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 Bo Derek Rob Lowe thing was intentionally you mean creepy. Between Farley Spade and Rob Lowe and Julie Warner. So, so the way I look at it, Julie Warner was thirty. Rob yeah. Lowe was thirty-one. Right. Uh, uh, Farley was 40, thirty-one. Forty forty-one. Spade, no, Spade was thirty-one. Yeah. And Bo Derek was thirty-nine. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That haircut did not. I thought she was like 35 or 36, but yeah, it made her. She was oh, older. I thought she was like 45. If you were an adult. I thought she was older than yeah, that. Yeah, so did I. If you were an adult in the 70s, I don't think you looked 39 when you were 39. No. You looked like you Yeah, were. the hard part is she had to match with like Big Tom. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that was yeah. where, that, on this list and the recasting, that's where I struggled was yep. sort of matching a. A dad to uh, but the dude, the mom. dude, quote unquote, making out with his mom was just eight years different age. I know. I, yeah. I know, so insane. Uh, okay, so we got Julie. Uh, I'll do my Julie then, I guess. Um, you're Julie, sorry, my Michelle. Yeah, I did the Rob Nash move. Yeah, um, my number three is Anna Kendrick. Yep. That's what I had. As a Michelle. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Uh, number two is Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Whatever. Right. right. Kind of a throwaway. Okay. Number one, I like. I don't know why I like it, though. Uh, maybe because she's the youngest, probably. Uh, Selena Gomez. Hmm. <laughs> different. Different. Interesting. Very different. It's like 31 or something, right? So that's good. Good job, Brendan. <laughs> Listen, these are not all going to be gems. Yeah. I'll give us your Michelle. So this, when I was thinking about this <clears throat> character, unfortunately, I feel like it's an underwritten character. Like she's almost a, just, you know, yeah. she's the love interest distraction in the movie. 
that Anna Kendrick almost was too much firepower for that role. Oh, I think any actress <laughs> we know is too, too much firepower. Oh, you don't think Michelle or Julie Warner delivered a uh, blistering Academy Award worthy? It wasn't about her. It's about the role and the part that was yeah. written. Like, I, I think it's just common. And she doesn't like file cabinets, Al. Right. Um, he yelled on that boat. That was dramatic. <laughs> I know where you live and I know where you sleep. Whoa. Um, <laughs> um, I've, I've really only got, I don't really even, I, I don't even care. I, give, I don't, give I don't us like one. the other. Give us one. Okay. Um, Caitlin Den, uh, Dever, Dever, um, she's also in Booksmart. Right. She's been uh-huh. in a couple of other things. She's kind of funny, but can also play a straight part. Right. That's it. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. I didn't really want to. I feel like the way the part's written, plug in female, sure. act, female actress. Like, that's of it. Of course. Rob, give us your Michelle. Uh, well, unlike Allison, I uh, have a little <laughs> bit more confidence in the ability of female actors to match up. I'm saying uh, art, not the actress. Separate <laughs> the two, my friend. I thought Alison Brie could be funny in this role. You like to cast nice. her. I think so, too. Who wouldn't? This uh, is the no, same part saying. that uh, uh, Courtney Cox plays in Ace Ventura, by the way. It's just, yes. it's just right. a woman. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's all I got. Alison Brie, that's it? All right. I, I felt like I finished the job. I think uh, I will mark your assignment completed. Okay. Uh, Beverly. <laughs> yep. I wrote down so many possible names. Yep. It's, it's a, obviously a nothing part. Right. So I was trying to do, to do the Bo Derek version. Right. Like, she was a sex symbol in the 70s. Right. Playing the right. mom or whatever right. in the 90s. Right. So I wanted to do the same thing. Right. And I failed miserably. Because uh, I went, my first thought was Phoebe Cates. Oh, Too old yeah. and it didn't quite work. But that's the spirit right. of what I was going for. Yeah, yeah that, yes. That's terrible. I'm not doing that. So just, that's just an example. So I throw down three that I have no faith in any of them. I'm just going to throw mm. them out there. Number three, Halle Berry. Okay. Apparently, we have an unlimited budget for my right, film. Right. Uh, and I had her too. I had her too. <laughs> number two, here's the wild card Heidi Klum. Oh, I love it. We, I, 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 I no feel like reason. we should stop talking about it right now. She's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> number one, just for fun, Angelina Jolie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Uh Ed, give us your Beverly. So you took Halle Berry with my sort of flipping with key peel concept. Uh so if I go the other way and I have uh Andy Sandberg and Joe uh Trigulio, um Gal Gadot would be the Beverly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of going, instead of going old, I go young, yeah. and then like no, she's just, too intro- Yeah, that doesn't work. It makes and you be creepy. like be it like Wonder Woman like concept, and be like wait, and have him be more awkward with like that interaction. All right. All right. So, and then again, it was hard for me to separate Beverly from Big Tom. So I don't want to, I don't right. want to steal from Big Tom, but I, I'll, I can connect too because it, it would be 
All right. Exceptionally awkward. With, just, uh, and uh, Adam Sandberg Lee. Mention her when you mention Tom, just for context. Uh, Rob Nash, give us your uh, Beverly. Uh, one quick note on casting. I'm sorry I didn't bring this up, but I did see somewhere that Farrah Fawcett was also considered for the Bo Derek role. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't see that. That sure. that that funny. I mean, same kind of thing. Except I think Farrah Fawcett might have been even older, probably at, at that same time. Yeah. And dare I say, probably a better actress. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, Maybe they're both. I don't. Shock, I mean, shockingly, to say that. Yeah. Also, fine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Also, a fun fact: Dennehy was in Ten with Bo Derek. Oh, you That's oh. right. Oh, wow! Look at you. Ten. Good pull, Rob. Good pull. Right. Holy um, shit! We were sitting so, Yeah. Boom. I uh, and did you note that quote? Uh, yeah. Tommy Senior brings Tommy Boy home. There's other surprise when he's going to tell him about they're being engaged. You know, the scene is Bo Derek comes out of the water, right? And the best line of the movie, which is inappropriate, we didn't touch on the number of inappropriate lines, but Tommy looks at his dad and goes, "Is that for me?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No and his dad responds, no, no son, son, that's for me. That's for me. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Come on. That's followed up by she's a 10, yep. right, which is a yeah. little, yeah. little heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, she's a yeah. 10. That, that was the point of it. Right, thank you. She's a 10. Um, all right. Did you notice um, the quote? The most obvious quote in the movie. Fucker. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, that, that actually got me groan when I watched this day. I'm like, ah, come on. So I think the one part that could have actually been funnier for this movie is that the Bo Derek character had a little bit more of a sense of humor. So I was trying to think of women that could be like attractive and like the ideal of, of, of the, you know, of that form or whatever, and still be funny. Right. Like and funny in the, in the way you want it to be for this. So Emily Blunt was one that came to mind. I thought she could be funny and you know, the, the looker, um, Sarah Hyland from Modern Family, who's like the older daughter. I thought she could be that funny kind of thing. Wait, but is she? Yes, is she even old enough to play that role? She's over. She's I looked it up. Right. Yeah, no, she's, she's like thirty-two. Though I mean, she's not that far up. Yeah, she's well, thirty-two. She's there. Yeah, yeah, we're old, Brendan. We're old. She's thirty-two. I, oh, I like, got it. I'm just saying she's. The exact same. Her younger thing. brother could be sure. Tommy. <laughs> that was actually. I was thinking about like, oh, the younger brother could be Tommy. And that would be well, but, but but the one I settled on who is thirty nine is um, Kristen Dunn or Kirsten Dunst. I thought she could be funny and the. I have one written down that I can't believe you didn't say. Hello. I'll come back to it in a second. But I'm surprised you, that you specifically, Rob, didn't say this one. So okay, wow. good, good, great. Uh, yep. Are we missing now? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely went a different route. So I didn't look up um, uh, Bo Derek's age to know kind of like just where she it. was. I didn't want someone in their twenties. I, I didn't want someone in their sixties. So so you know. I went more about iconic supermodels Great. as opposed to thinking about mm. age. I so what? So welcome, Elle McPherson. No, 
I've got Cindy, I've got Cindy Crawford. Yeah. I've got Christy Brinkley, mm. who can still pull off a bikini. That's great. But the one that I like, it's a different <laughs> playoff of 10. Um, because of her Sports Illustrated history is Tyra Banks <laughs> coming out of the pool in a bikini. I don't think she can wear that anymore, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen her lately. No. I haven't either, but I don't, I don't know about no. that. But regardless, who yeah. she can figure it out. I'm sure she'd figure that out. Yeah. Good. I like the supermodel angle. The one I thought Rob would say... And if she has the comedic chops, would have been Jennifer Aniston. Oh, that's actually pretty good, too. Sophia Vergara, now that I think yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. She... Sure. People I wrote down that I didn't say, Jennifer Aniston, Elizabeth Hurley, Denise Richards. Denise Richards. You know. Okay, let's move on to Zelensky and Big Tom, and let's move on. Okay, my Zelensky. Okay. I'm going to give you an answer that is the only right answer oh. if he was still around. Oh. This guy is deceased. You're casting yeah. a dead person? I'm, I'm yeah. cast. I'm reanimating a corpse. Wow. For this yeah, I don't feel like this works. And that person is Phil Hartman. <laughs> and that's the only guy who should play this role. But since that can't happen... My, I'll give you two. My third one is kind of nothing. Uh, I got Rob Schneider, who can definitely play smarmy and smug. And the one I like the best is Chris Rock. <laughs> I'm leaning into my SNL stuff. I'm going Chris Rock for Zelensky, a very different Zelensky. You're thinking uh, of um, the Fargo yeah, character. Like yeah. he's ready to. Yeah. Be serious, yeah. Maybe we change his last name to Jenkins instead of <laughs> Zelensky or something. I don't know, but... Yeah. I like it. I like it. Dan Aykroyd's character had some funny lines. Whatever. Yeah. I like it. I think they're crazy comedy there. Uh, Rob, give us your... Uh, uh, you know, I didn't even do Zelensky, and, and uh, sorry for that. I have a big time, but um, uh, I, I think it was... As I watched it today, it was like strictly written almost as an extended opportunity for to do his you know chicago accent oh yeah yeah no of course so robbie if you don't have a a guess and you don't mind my going brendan yeah go ahead go right ahead following chicago actors who are younger i went vince vaughn (laughs) no as swarmy snarky small role yeah can be an asshole the end yes yeah you nailed it that's it? Uh, One and done. He was, my, he was my Chicago guy. I think you're right. All right. I'm going to say two. I'm crossing out one of my mm-hmm. names. So I was thinking about this as who's going to be kind of the two-faced salesperson, <laughs> you know, like where he's like, I'm, you know, make car parts for the working man because that, who I, that's who I care about or yeah. whatever the kind of the slogan is. So I was thinking Andy. Tired Gar- parts. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking Andy Garcia could do that, <laughs> where he could be oh, I, a slick salesperson, and then like the second the camera's off, he's talking yeah. um, crap. The other is Bradley Whitford. 
Oh, I like Whitford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually have now. I have one. I have one now based on Allison's description. Jason Jason Bateman could be uh, Zelensky, <laughs> or Brad Cooper. Brad Cooper could also be that army double face yep. guy. Yeah, yeah. But yep. Bateman does it better though. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. All right, Big Tom. Let's go to Ed so he can connect Big Tom to Beverly. So uh, <laughs> there's two the two ways I, I thought about it, kind of mapping up Keenan Thompson, Chris Reed. Uh, and Halle Berry as Beverly uh, would be Lawrence Fishburne with Halle Berry. <laughs> and I love him in Blackish. I lo- if you haven't seen that show, it's amazing. He's, you know, whatever. Yeah. He's the grandpa there. And, and uh, he'd be exceptionally inappropriate. And, and would, I could see him throwing in Keenan Thompson's face and be just a great scene. Yeah. And then similarly with Adam Sandberg and Joe Trigulio as the Tommy Richard bit, uh, Gal Gadot was my Beverly to Kevin Nealon. Oh. And Kevin Nealon <laughs> could, could, could also be exceptionally sort of challenging to Andy Sandberg. And like, that um, would be a great, I almost great. put down Kevin. Oh Nealon. my gosh. That's yeah. a good one. That, that, that's almost as good as, uh, 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 coming up with, um, Rudd and um, oh my god, who is his dad? Albert Brooks. So oh, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Good. yeah. All right, uh, I've got three. Uh, nothing jumps out at me as great. Uh, this mm-hmm. one was you could put a lot of names in. I don't love any of them though. So I'll, I think Ed wins mm-hmm. so far. But I'm going to go <laughs> with number three, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Could do a big Tom, maybe. Yeah. Kevin James. Yeah. But I don't have a, a Tommy that works yeah, with him. He's a bit silly right. for being the shrewd salesperson that big Tom's supposed right. to be. Uh, I like my number one, but I think it's a very different part, and it would be Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell oh, is big Tom. Yeah. Could yeah. do it fine, but it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's whatever. Who cares? Yeah. He's great in anything. I like Will. Yeah. All right, Al. Big time. Um. So, if I had found a black or brown Tommy, I probably would have done better with this. But I really like. Well, we all know Cedric the Entertainer, right. of course, could do no. this. <laughs> Keith David was somebody that I wanted to put in as Big Tom. It's good. I think he might be a little old. I think he's getting up He's there. in his 60s. Is he? I thought he was in his I, 70s. I don't think I don't so. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, he, upper 60s, I think, but I don't think he's 70. I'm in for Keith David in most things. Yeah. Um, I had... So I was really trying to figure out the wedding scene. Like, that's where like right. I kept trying to figure out, okay, who's... Who's in this? Do you know yeah. the scene that I thought of when I was casting Big Tom what? was the uh, belly bump with Farley at the beginning? Oh. <laughs> like, who can do that? Right. <laughs> well, my challenge with this part was that um, so perfectly, Brian Dennehy is so perfectly yeah. cast. Like, right. he is the perfect extrapolation yeah. of uh, a Tommy with his like personality and like, you know, ability to engage with people who like 
matures into something effective, right? Like he's right. like the perfect uh, example of that. Yeah. It right. was a great casting maneuver. Agreed. Agreed. And that's where I really, I kind of struggled. So like if I were to try to think through, okay, who could be like the series, like who could command an audience, but also like looks like they might've been an F up when they were younger. I thought of Brendan Gleeson. I think he might be too old though, but like he could be boisterous and loud, but also can be very commanding at the same time. You want him from like uh, Gangs of New York or something. Right. Like, um, and oh, the, other- the Irish guy with the red hair, the carrot yeah. stick? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other, it's that, a totally different. The barber. Yes. <laughs> the other, it's a totally different direction, and I have no limit of a budget on this, uh-huh. is Tom Hanks. <laughs> that's the, well, see, so that's again, the thinking, so thinking about like, okay, who has like this funny, almost immature side to them, but also can be very commanding and take be taken very seriously. And the problem is we have, and Ed addressed us with all his stuff, but none of us did our, our ours in groups, is that you got to cast so-and-so's father. Right. So if you don't have the actor, it's right. hard to cast the, right. the dad. Right. It's hard to cast. Domino. That's why it's a struggle. There's so yeah. many choices. How do you, how do you cast Big Tom if you don't have Tom? Right. Tom. Right. Right. So. But I did think, well, if Pete Davidson was the son, Fuckin like... Hell. That makes a lot of sense. That's, so honestly, I think uh, Tom Hanks' son is a lot like Pete Davidson. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it actually is. No, it is. That's a good uh, combo. I like that. <laughs> and he's like a Niner Club or a Fiver right, Club or whatever. Right, so right, that's awesome. Mash to right. SNL. Nash, Nash, did we get your uh, big Tom yet? No. I mean, the one thing I was saying though is exactly what you were like. You, yeah. whatever actor you, pick, someone that can the younger one right like how, how do they connect to the younger one so i thought the person they no matter who you pick that hank azaria could be the older guy oh, <laughs> oh my god because he would he would pick up whatever essence the little guy had and like yep. you know make it worse i also He's thought like i should have said this first actually you do a voice but yeah. I thought, yeah you do any voice whatever voice you had you do I do not wear um, shoes because they make me fall down. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest line ever in Birdcage. So good. <laughs> good. Greatest line. Um, and then I thought Dean Winters, you know, Mayhem oh. from Allstate could could be the dad. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Uh, memorable scenes. Oh, we're skipping Paul. Oh, wait. Sorry. We're uh, skipping Paul. Do a Paul. Did we do a Paul? We haven't done Paul yet. If we're doing Paul. Oh my gosh. This is the longest thing oh. ever. Let's do Paul. Let's do Paul quick. Oh, there's, there's, only, there's, only, there's only one Paul. Oh, all right. Oh, Rob, I want to hear that. Paul, then. Going with confidence. Zach, it, it's Zach Efron. It's got to be <laughs> Zach Efron. <laughs> That's only why I I like Zach. I like Zach. I, 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 Chris Pine might compete, but I feel like Zach beats Chris yeah, Pine. Chris Pine's too old. Zach he is too old, but Efron. all my people are too old. That's fine. I like that guy. Any character. See? Oh, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. Um, Sammy Davis. Right. Rob Lowe. Uh, <laughs> yep. I'm happy to default to uh, uh, Zach Efron, but just I'll do a Charlie Day. 
Mm-hmm. Just because of oh. shut uh, up the fun we uh, have with Charlie Day on this podcast. Yeah. So that's just a throwaway. You can't so, have the I'm just, it's vacuum. A joke. Shut up. You uh, can't have the vacuum tube ripping the shirt off of a Rob Lowe and and put a Charlie Day in that. Scene. So the one that's, I, that's why I went Chris Pine. I would go Sebastian Stan. Oh, he was on my list too. Oh, yep. well, as like a, a a Rob Bucky, Lowe stand-in. Yep. Oh, or I'm going to stick with the MCU and do a Tom Hiddleston as well. Oh, oh, oh terrible. Uh, terrible. Terrible. No. no terrible. That's good. I mean, there's a bit of interchangeability with this character. Right. I mean, I had five names written down, so you picked two. Um, I'd also add Taron Edgerton to this <laughs> list. That's the same thing as Zach Efron. I know. (laughs) Um, And then I also have Jonathan Groff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too. I feel like he he played... Why do you know who that is? He's in uh, Mindhunter, that series on Netflix. But he was also in Hamilton. He played King George. If you've seen that. When he when it was on he Broadway, was also, like super. He was also in the new Matrix movie. Yeah, he was in Glee. <laughs> That's what I know him from. I watch yeah. Glee. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, he he definitely vacillates between drama and comedy, which huh. is why I kind of liked him. Robert. All right, sorry. Now, memorable scenes and quotable lines. There are none. Let's. Let Ed start off because he's got one he wants to talk about. The deer. So I don't want to take the deer scene away from any quotes. No, so you, I mean, in. In memorable, initial, scene, in, memorable scenes in, and quotable lines. That's these, the these, section. These are, I, I put the deer scene higher than a memorable scene in terms of where, what. How has it impacted me as a person? (laughs) (laughs) Like that scene makes me happy. Like I just all when I'm having a bad day, all I need to do is put on a Tommy Boy in that scene. And every and every single time I see a deer on a road, that that shit brings me back to watching that. And I crack up and like well, people don't laugh enough in life and like that makes me laugh so, and it, like I live in the damn woods right here so like I see deer all the time and so every time I see him every time I see a deer I go sorry about your car like yeah. every time but the you know accompanying I mean? the accompanying line that goes with it is so great which is I I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my time <laughs> But that was awesome. So good. Like I use that was awesome by itself all the time. Yeah. That oh yeah. Was awesome. <laughs> like just like and like the double fingers and boom. And good like Lord. yes, hundred percent. Agreed. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was Awesome. <laughs> but sorry about your car, man. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm crying. I'm <laughs> crying right now. So I did funny. find that the, 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 in a movie that clearly lacked discipline, they had the foresight to take a month to hire a deer trainer yeah. to have the deer 
stand up on the overturned car at that one scene. Um, it, it was not the same car. They used the, uh, the rest of the yeah. It wasn't even the same model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy yes, shnikey. Richard, who is your famous favorite little rascal? Was it Alfalfa? <laughs> Or a whole series of jokes. I, and I, I didn't write them all down, but I thought in the, in the early part of the movie, um, there were, I mean, obviously sometimes things get dated, but there were a whole series of horror jokes that I thought were funny. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. sorry. And then what they would use the, the, R, the dreaded R word occasionally. It's funny how things get, like they were calling each other retarded. In different parts of the movie, I like. Of course, I'm I'm chuckling at many of these jokes, but you do get jarred. You forget, like yeah. 1995 seems like yesterday, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, agreed. I, I, agreed. I say every time I pull into a gas station, I say, "What'd you do?" <laughs> <laughs> every time I get back in the car, I say that. <laughs> And every, nobody laughs. I laugh, yeah. but I, I, I will say to myself occasionally, yeah, I'm like, they only had diesel. Hey, why don't you pump any gas? They're all out. They only got diesel. Better go to the next station. What'd you do? We've definitely said in our house if one of like we got hurt or something hurts saying not here or right here, but right here. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, but my face does. Right here. Not here or here so much, but right here. Here. Yes, <laughs> and but in the reaction daily about seventy five times. So yes, a thousand percent. But, but Richard's like, nope, nope, nope. Everything is nope. fine. And, when, and then the waitress comes up, and she's like, Jesus, what happened to your face? <laughs> immediately, he's like, I knew it. Knew it, Richard. Knew it, Richard. I knew it. Do it. Yeah, the best. <laughs> Quit playing with your dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> So not so much here or here, but right here. And, and, and immediately followed by, and crossing movies, sorry, but Ace Ventura part two, it's in the bone. It's right. in the bone. <laughs> like every time, every time. And my kids actually yeah. say it. They're like, well, they go, they go, not ah. so much here. Like they go like, like one injury, two injuries. You're like, oh, and it's not so much here or here. Him too afraid to get out. Him just a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mommy, the rhino is getting too close to the car. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Look, mommy, the rhino's getting too close to the car. Him too afraid to get out. He just a little guy. Yeah. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. hug. That's awesome. That's Brothers a got a hug. They're bees and they're sting crazy. <laughs> they're tearing my flesh off. That was a good one. So, well, I would say one of the one of the best parts where it, it, you kind of get Farley being Farley. Um, and my favorite quote of the entire movie is when when uh, Tommy comes back and uh, you know after saving the day and there's the big you know welcome back speech. 
he talks about how everyone's family and he's like hell ricky i lost my virginity to your daughter and then he just turns he goes rob you were there <laughs> and rob like, rob like makes the exit stays right hard fast. that dude I, I, leaves so perfectly so, so good it's but so it's good. such a great quote i mean like that even mean what happened and like i don't even know but uh great great joke <laughs> the other thing is when like Tommy, I was watching it today and I forgot about this. And it's such a great throwaway line, but he's piling on about all of the things that have gone wrong. And it's before he meets, uh, meets Zelensky. And he's like, oh, all this stuff. And the town's going to happen and the business is going to go out of, out of business. And all these people are going to be out of a job. And it's all because of me. And the chair gives out and it falls in the right. ground. He's like, could have done without that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I like say that all the time. I'm like, I don't even know where that came from. Right. But I'm like, man, I could have done without that. <laughs> I can say that all the time. There's the uh, Eddie uh, uh, special housekeeping. You want towels? <laughs> Tommy needs sleepy. You want me to do kind of. Every Sunday. Go away and let me sleep for the love of God. (laughs) Every Sunday folding towels. The kids are like, you need towels? They have no idea where it's coming from. (laughs) Accent isn't quite on. I'm like, you guys have no idea where that's from, but it's from me. Eventually, they're going to see that movie, and they're going to be like, oh, my God. That's where it's from. (laughs) Totally. I haven't quite let them watch it yet. I feel like it's PG-17. I'm like, I'm way too protective. I'm... I love the scene when they're in the restaurant and he is holding that dinner roll and he is talking about the the dinner rolls like a sale. I pet it. And he, My I pet. pet it and I poke it and then I and he's You're like, naughty. You're naughty. <laughs> that whole thing is so fantastic. My and whole life honestly, like, this I have actually life. used that in work at work where somebody was kind of go- like effing up on like handling this business relationship. And I use that as an example, like this person, like they kind of know what to do and then they totally screw it up. And <laughs> I quoted that movie. <laughs> hey, does it suit fat? No, yeah, your face does when he like rips it apart and he's like, <laughs> he just like screams and everyone else in the restaurant like looks at him what the hell's wrong with you I do yeah. like does Tommy look bloated yeah. well TV does add 50 pounds like <laughs> <laughs> or, do I, does this look like does this look like me uh, does this look make me look fat does no what your face does hey, does this suit make me look fat no your face yeah, does. or the beginning when uh, he's with big tom and he's like how do we look he's like chubby yeah. <laughs> i think that was a champagne talk like, ah, he just leaves and say that shit all the time like how do we look chubby no, a lot of nice. people go to college for seven years <laughs> they're called doctors yeah, they're called doctors <laughs> nailed it that's gonna leave a mark. That that one. That's gonna leave a mark. That's a good one. How many of you have since this movie gone into an oscillating fan and said, "La la 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 I am your father. <laughs> all of us have. Don't lie. All of us have. Of course, of course. 
<laughs> or when he, he's super excited with his refrigerator, he's like, you can put six, you can put like Cokes in there, you can put like yogurt, milk. He's yeah, Tommy, and he needs your refrigerator. Frozen <laughs> Snickers. Put a six pack of Snickers. Yeah. yeah. I did also like um it I remember it striking me at the time and it still does catch me is when they're in the toward the end of the movie when they're in the test like the vehicle test facility and Richard's character stands in front of that wind machine and the toupee like <laughs> blowing back and their reactions to that is so <laughs> great and he goes zhuh, zhuh, like <laughs> Everyone's like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I choose to believe that's David Spade's head. Like, that's how it works. Well, apparently, he didn't want the hairdressers to do his hair for most of the movie, which is why it always looked a little disheveled. But apparently, the bald hair and wig took like four hours yeah. to like get put on yeah. for that scene. Yeah. I think he's very vain about that stuff. Yeah. He's, I think he's self-conscious about that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so are you saying that this is a quotable movie? Yes. Okay. This, as we said before, this is a, a string of sketches, a string of quotes. It's not really a movie, but it's damn funny. Tommy want we. <laughs> Tommy want we. That's a good one too. <laughs> When he pulls his neck, his chin back, Tommy, wow, me. that neck is ginormous. He's got 11 chins. Uh, okay, let's move on to the how much are they worth Ooh. game and wrap it up. Oh, my God. Okay. And now let's play the how much are they worth game. What are we talking about here? We've got Julie Warner. Rob Lowe. Oh my God. Really? Okay. Julie Warner has been in four movies. A million movies. things. Okay. Four or yeah. five movies, you know for sure. All right. Julie Warner, Rob Lowe, David Spade, Chris Farley, and Lauren Michaels. Ooh. Lauren Michaels, that is a good one. That's a tough one. <clears throat> if the number is less than $10 billion, then it's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's start with Julie, Julie Warner. I'm going to, I don't even, ah, what has she done? Doc Hollywood? Oh, yeah. This? Yeah, this is a terrible, how it guess at this? I don't know what this. What? What kind of a career does the Julie Warner put up there? She was in Flatliners. Back Hollywood, and yeah. she was in like a CBS show. That's like that's it. <laughs> Nothing. Flatliners. Oh, she was recently in The Good Doctor. I don't remember that. Um, there's a lot of stuff. She's Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I thought she did more movies. I mean, TV recently, right? But Little Women, Big Cars. <laughs> That's hilarious. She's in Crash. The Outsiders. What? Flatliners. She's Hollywood. Nip Tuck. She was in The Outsiders? I- Indian Summer. I remember that. Yeah, that was a funny movie. Yeah, Tommy Boy. 
Uh, she's got way more Grown-ups. in her 53 repertoire actor credits. Scrubs. Right. It's Scrubs? Yeah. Scrubs. <laughs> Squirrel covers. Um, oh, we're doing that movie. Oh, my God. I was thinking the same thing. We are doing that movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. And that is the single quotable line in the movie. Oh, that's going to be Rob and Polly. Oh, we're going deep on that movie. Uh, I have a number. I don't know. Let's do it. Okay. Have you written down your numbers, gentlemen? For Julie yes. Warner. Yeah. For Julie Warner. Warner. All right. Uh, Rob, give us your number. Eight million. Eight. I've got 14. Oh, I wrote six. Ed? You're closest without going over? No. You just guessed. One. One. There's one no prices right writing this shit. I'm going one. Right. One million dollars. Wow. Right. Julie Warner. Okay. Julie Warner is an American actress with a net. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. I can't believe it. A net worth of two million dollars. Oh, fucking Ed. I was busting Ed's balls and he fucking got it right. Wow, Ed. God damn. God damn, god damn. Here and there. And I knew it was going to be low. I didn't low. know it was going to be that low. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Mm. Uh, Robert Lowe. Oh. This is going to be sneaky, I think. Rob Lowe, man. Yeah, Rob Lowe. Yeah. Robert Edward Patrick Lowe Jr. the third. Mm-hmm. Old filmography. It's got like three Slapshot. St. Elmo's Fire. A lot of West. He's got St. Elmo's Fire. He's got like Rat Pack money, but he pissed it all away in the divorce because, like, whatever he did in 1985, 6, 8, with that divorce and the horrible scandal. Parks and Rec. Masquerade. <laughs> lost all that money, though, pre masquerade. Like, lost it all to his ex wife. So I want to understand the his choice because this is I've I've now seen a second one of this. So he was uncredited for this movie. Yeah. And he was uncredited in the interview. He's like I don't understand. Tommy that. Boy, the script was drastically rewritten, so he was no longer uh, a lead, and he yeah. wanted to keep his his name hush hush and be a surprise. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. But Allison, I don't, I don't know if you remember like they, they, like late eighties, early nineties, like the, the, he was the first sex tape yeah. that came out. And so his, his name was garbage Yeah. for, a, and I think these were, these were sort of a, a rehab thing that was happening. He uh, was, in Austin Powers Gold Member, I didn't realize his character name was Middle Number Two. Yeah. <laughs> he's not old number two. He's not young number two. I think he was just trying to get into stuff yep. and, and like to rehab his image. 
Yeah. But then it landed on Parks and Recs. So I don't know. I'll guess $25 million. Just because of Parks and Rec. Shit. You jumped the gun there, Slim, but that's all right. Just because of Parks and Rec. Like, that was a popular show for six years. So I'll I'll go with that. Maybe no money on on, uh, on, uh, West Wing. See, I'm going to go 40. I wrote down 30. Rob? 12. Mm. 12. What do you use, uh, account? I think it's higher than 12 now. I said 16 should be. Right. Oh, here we go. Uh, Rob Lowe is an American film and television actor who has a net worth of 100 million. <gasps> are you on. fucking, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> 100 <laughs> million. That was me. Ed's got yeah. one. Wow. Are you, is he like, Smart with his money, he must have sold property or something. He, he, he's, in, he's in that act, Atkins stuff, right? He, he must be uh, in that. Or a, I don't know. Stuff. That, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't get you a hundred million. Know. Making it up, boy. He's out there schlepping stuff. I don't know. Well, I, I, I just want to take this moment to apologize to Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> share, share your apology, Rob. I'll pass it on. earlier in the podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, David Spade, number three. This is going to be hard. Spade's the best. Stand up money. Yeah. He's got movie money. Just shoot me rules and gaming. Eight simple rules. I'll go 50 million. Slow down. Oh, slow yeah. down. <laughs> slow down. Don't, uh, don't shoot your wad just yet there, Slim. We got to. Look at around, look at his uh, IMDb. Bada boom, bada bang. Bada boom. Yeah, it's it's right. got his recent stuff. It's got that the wrong Missy in there. That was yeah. a big hit for him. Yeah, but it's on Netflix. Like I don't know how the money works there. They paid some people a lot. He was in uh, Hotel, Hotel Transylvania. Transylvania. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Grown Ups. <clears throat> that those movies. He was, oh, forget it. Yeah, a lot Entourage, of, Joe yeah, Dirt, there's Grown a, Up. Oh, Joe Dirt. There's a lot of nonsense, a lot of noise, if you will. All right, I have a number. I wrote down a number. Rob, what's your number for Dave Spade? He was an elf for one episode. Um, I have a number of 34 million. Dollars. Thirty-four. Ed said fifty. Now what do you got? I wrote eighty. Ooh, I wrote thirty-one. Mm. Ooh. David Spade is an American actor, comedian, and television personality who has a net worth of seventy million. <gasps> oh my goodness gracious. Allison gets it. Woohoo! All right, now it's Chris Farley. This one's tricky because it's the estate of. Right. I don't know how that's going to work. And it's, I mean, he died so long ago. I don't, I don't know what. He didn't really make a bunch of movies, though. Right. He did? No, it didn't. Yeah. 
and it was so long. He didn't make a lot of money on SNL. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was that much. 20 years later, how do we even determine that? 18 actor credits. Yeah, he might be worth, you know, $4 million. $3 million. I've got a number. It sounds like Rob's got a number. Al, you got one? Mm, I'll I'll leave it. Ed, what's your number? For Farley. What is it? I already said it, no? For Farley, what is it? Farley, sorry. Uh, Shoot, man. I don't know. He died so young, 25. (laughs) 25? For Farley. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Does it look like he post? I don't understand, like, post-death, like, at the time of his death or, like, we're living in? Sorry. We're all, we're all kind of guessing. Well, I don't think there's a Chris Farley corporation that we're unaware of. Like, uh, time of his death. Like, yeah, 25 is max dollars. All right. I've got six. Al? Yeah. 12. Rob? Yeah. I was going to say 2.5, not 25. Um... Way six wrong. million. Six million. I just said six. Damn you. Oh. No, you can't say five me. million. You're not price no. is writing me out of this motherfucker. Uh Chris Farley was an American actor who had a net worth of five million dollars. Me and Rob tie. I said I five. I wonder what his estate is worth now, if there was any royalties in the post post. 90 whatever I mean if the Chris Farley that I expect to be is anyone close to it I'm sure he invested very (laughs) responsibly I'm sure I would think his family would have taken it from him the Chris Farley so bright protected it a little bit from himself yeah but do you you trust your family to do the right thing or you know you don't know what they're going to do my family All right, (laughs) here's the tough one I don't even know how to think about this one. Lauren, don't call me Lauren. I don't know what this means because clearly those movies from 93 to 98 were spent on something else. Well, he sold his soul to the devil. 30 Rock, Late Night, The Late Show, I mean. Yeah, I mean. Jimmy Fallon. Right? And uh, uh, what, what's his face? The other one? Late show, but late night he has. Yep. Conan. 30 Rock. I mean, I'm, I'm going to put a, an insane number down. I wrote down a big number. Oh, I, I think the number's big. I mean, he's been on SNL. I'm sure they're, he's getting paid a lot. Just and then he produces the shows, like the right. award shows now. And like, I think he's like Dan, Dan Aykroyd, like sneaky, like in hands and all the pots or like Adam, oh, Sandler. I, I, Adam Sandler learned from Lauren Michaels. I think of, like, yeah. I think Lauren Michaels is bigger than Adam Sandler. Right. Right. That's, I guess what I'm saying. Like, cause Dan Aykroyd has blues brothers, but he had the house of blues and all these restaurants, all these other things. Like, vodka or whatever he was doing. I think Lauren Michaels is kind of the same same sort of guy. They all they all learn from Lauren Michaels. So. The well, we no, talk, I Michael. think I think I think every time a Blues Brothers hat is sold in Chicago, Lauren Michaels gets a piece of it. Every word you say makes me add a number to my I number. Know. 
<laughs> I mean, he has a master merchandising agreement, right? Like, it, like anything from Saturday Night Live is his. He gets paid for it. He was a producer on the Mean Girls, the musical. I have an insane number written down, and I, I, I think I, I'm, I'm way too low. No, I'm we disagreed. He's worth more than uh, Tesla, and he's sending shit to the moon, right? I'm way too low. Right. He's, sending, he's making movies on the moon. Schmigga dude. Schmigga dude. Okay. Do you have a number, Al? Nash, give me your number. Oh, my God. Uh, 200 million. Okay. Ed, give me your number. <laughs> oh, it should be higher. It should be higher. Shut yeah, up. Was, yeah, you scared me, Rob. I was gonna say I was gonna say four hundred million, but no, Seinfeld is a fucking Shut a up, billion, let him say so. his number. <laughs> four hundred. I said four hundred before he talks. So okay. Oh my god. I know Allison has written hers down, she's not gonna change it. When we were talking, I had 225 written down. And then as we were talking, I'm like, oh, I'm way underselling this. So I wrote down 600. <gasps> oh, shut up. Oh, oh my God. I wrote down I think we're, 180. I, wrote I feel down, like there's still a limit on TV. I know, but I, apparently he owns the entire world. I so know. I don't know what we're. <laughs> he and Bezos, they're, they're doing it all. Okay. Lauren Michaels is a Canadian American. Well, we didn't take it to the like the the, right. the currency exchange. Thing. Yeah, you know, uh, Canadian American television producer and writer who has a net worth of five million five hundred million. Oh my god, five hundred million dollars. You said six hundred. I have right. a billion dollars. So Ed and I are equidistant. The rule is, is under, right? Right. If it's a tie, under wins. So right. What did I say? 200. Two hundred. Two fifty. Two. What? Ed. Ed said four hundred. Nash said two hundred. I said one eighty. Not believe this man is worth that much money. So wow. I got one. Al got. Or I got two. Al got one. Rob got z- one. And Ed got two. So Ed and I oh, tied by one million with my with my little one. You and I tie. We have to go to a a bonus round. Yeah. So let's pick a name. A Tommy Boy related name. We didn't do... Do you, do you like Dennehy? I we didn't do Dennehy. Dead. Yeah. That's a good one. Is Bo Derek Brian, Yeah. Ed, what do you want to do? Brian Dennehy or Bo Derek? Uh, Dennehy. He's the greatest cowboy there ever was. It was Silverado. <laughs> Ryan Dennehy. Okay. Can we play along? You can play along, but... Uh, he alive? We should do dead or alive first. Dead. He, <laughs> died, he, he died two years ago. He is alive. No. Alive? Is he? No. He's alive. He, no, he died, he died in two years 2020. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you? Oh, COVID death? COVID? We've got him. All right. Um, he did a few movies. 185. Rambo, Silverado, and Cocoon. Those things jump to mind for me. <laughs> That's the best. Okay. But of course, Cocoon was whatever, 84. Rambo's 85 or 86. Silverado is in between there with Kevin Costner's deal. He made no money off of those. I, I don't know. 
he he made no money. He's awesome and prolific and in everything, and he probably made don't ten say, million bucks. Is ten that million your bucks. Ten is your ten million number? bucks. All right, mine is twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would have gone twenty. Because I think he might have been smart. Ooh, uh, Brian Dennehy is an American. Wait, was, 17 yeah. million. Great. Was an American actor who had a net worth of $12 million. Mm. Eddie wins. Mm. Three to two. Lucky. All right, boys and girls. That was... Tommy boy. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts? Anything we missed? Rewatchable. Sure. Um, oh. Timeless. If we'd like to say that. Uh, timeless. It transcends generations. I didn't ask this because I'm, I've taken this question out of, out of the rotation, but... Don't ask it. it would you want to see a sequel? Oh. And what? If so, what would it be? Oh. Well, I, yes. Thank you for asking. <laughs> note I have in my paper. I can't believe you've got an answer. You have an answer it? to this nonsense. I do. Um, because the answer is no, and leave it alone. <laughs> oh, oh, you think it is? So this entire movie hinges on the deviousness of one Bo Derek, and. They come busting into the uh, alleged, you know, handshake deal at Zelensky's headquarters, and they reveal these crimes, and everyone focuses on uh, uh, Rob Lowe getting hustled out of there, and then Zelensky makes a move, and Beverly is like, hey, would you like go to lunch with me at the club? I want to know what goes on with Beverly. Where does she go next? What next... What what's the grift that she runs the next time? Where's she going to pull a scam? I do we want That's to your that? sequel. So is she That's your sequel. Is she a black widow and, and she's just she's just Yeah. No. Zelinsky is her latest mm-hmm. conquest and she's gonna uh She's you know, running Ocean's Eleven style scams <laughs> all over the world. <laughs> oh my god. No, I thought you were gonna nothing. ask the question, do cell phones ruin the movie? To which I would of have course said, they do. all of those sales meetings would have been done on Zoom. Right. And so there is no road trip. Right. There's no it's road just trip. sitting at a desk and... It's a fucking email. Right. You want to buy some right. shit for us? Well, Michelle, Michelle clearly would have been able to catch Tommy, you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I thought the only thing, if it was called a part two, is... I ate paint chips as a kid. Tommy Boy too. <laughs> and then you have a kid because you have a second generation or the paint chips or some deviation oh. of, you know, the eating of paint chips. Or, or do you want to see a, a prequel with uh, Tommy and Richard, the younger? Well, that'd be awesome. Oh, I'd see Tom. a prequel. Prequel is very or in vain right now. Big Tom that'd be fun. Big Tom. big Tom starting out in corporate life or yeah. in a... a Creating the Sandusky brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be good stuff. Yeah, Callahan brand. Or it's just Tommy in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Tommy the in college would be a good one. <laughs> the seven years. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, we. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it's nicely yeah. encapsulated the in the, no. however ninety-seven minutes or whatever it is. Yep, one hundred and thirty-seven minutes. Is it that long? Yeah. Two and a half hours or two plus hours. One hundred and thirty-seven minutes is. Yeah, it's too long. It's one hundred and thirty-seven minutes. Yes, it goes by too fast. Like a lot of Saturday Night Live movies, they go too long. One hundred thirty-seven minutes is two plus hours. Oh yeah, uh, or, or an hour thirty-seven maybe. That feels right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety-seven minutes feels right. Hour yeah. thirty-seven. Yeah, sure. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I meant. I think. Yeah, that was like longer <laughs> than the Godfather. <laughs> right. A long movie. What happens next? <laughs> hour thirty-seven. Tommy want wing. Uh, yeah, Tommy boy, you can't go wrong. It's great. Uh. All ages, wonderful. Uh, it's funny. It's a ske- it's a, a sketch after a sketch after a sketch. There is no the story is secondary. Ed, stop raising your hand. Mm-hmm. How dare you? This is a You're podcast. Sick. Just 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 jump in, dude. You're sick. I just mean the radio road trip <laughs> pieces or what we didn't discuss with the oh. carpenters and don't you remember the time of the dope, baby and the and the and it's true and it's true. <laughs> I like the I like the exchange of they find the channel with the song and I'm not cha- like you change it no I'm not yeah. you change it like they're yeah, trying yeah. to like not like trying to force the other person to change it hundred percent hundred percent and then the, the end of the world as you know it like that's like that's that's it that's like yeah. 1997 and they don't even know the words nobody knows the words that stupid fucking no. song but that's that's the greatest that's the greatest. <laughs> Road trips don't happen anymore with a cell phone. It's great. It's a time. It's a time capsule. It's the best. Yep. All right. That's Tommy Boy. 